Welcome to Flock Talk, a podcast of GCF North. Flock Talk exists to inform, encourage, and inspire. This is your host, Dave Farley, lead pastor of GCF North, and I'm joined today for episode 11 of season two, three very masculine men to talk about the topic of masculinity. Mm. Terry Meyer, John mm-hmm. Kirshner, Brian Dixon. Masculinity. Who who were some masculine role models for you growing up? Wow. That's easy for me. Uh, Joel Birdsoggle. So this is the guy I worked with in construction. Joel Birdsoggle. Birdsoggle. Doesn't sound super masculine. But... Oh, don't tell you what. <laughs> this He was like, uh, work construction. I worked for him. Christian, loved the Lord. And he would, we'd be in the middle of working, and he would stop everything and be like, guys, he's, he talked real slow and deep, guys. I just think we need to take some time to pray and thank Jesus for the goodness in our life. And we're all like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, what do I do? You know, and, to, and we'd stop and he would just, like, things like that. He would just pause wow. or like bring things up. Every time at lunch, we would have a spiritual conversation. Wow. Like, he was awesome. That's amazing. And then, like, I literally watched him. You know, his sons worked with him and he, he's just a manly man. He would just, mm. you know, we were we were lifting this wall, uh, raising a wall, and there were some kids that were in the area. That this is when it was like, "Hey, kids, we need a little help. Would you help us raise this wall?" <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, one of the legs goes loose. The wall comes down. Joel takes the whole weight of that wall, and he's holding it so the kids can get out. Wow! As we're scrambling to get braces to brace it, and that incident was like messed up his knee pretty bad but mm. i was just like not only is this guy like a mm. spiritual giant but that guy is strong he's jacked <laughs> like yeah. he's strong uh, john how about you man that's a really hard question because i i was not a christian growing up and um i i kind of feel like a lot of my, my dad was i mean i look at my dad now great guy but he was away a lot and most of my masculine influences were probably, yeah, they just weren't. I look back now and I think they probably weren't the greatest. 80s rock stars? Yeah. Like yeah. Bjorn Borg was, mm. was my tennis mm. idol. And, you know, he was stoic. Um, I, I just think there was a lot of confusion on what it really mm. meant and means to be a man. And I think meeting, meeting Jesus has, has clarified that so much. So hmm. that's maybe a cop-out. I don't know how to answer no, that. No, that's, yeah. that's an honest answer. Yeah, Tara, how about you? Probably the same as John. I, I don't, you know, my dad was um, not a believer, wasn't raised in a Christian home. And um, I think probably the, the one who I looked to was my karate instructor that I had from like sixth grade to, mm. to through kind of through high school, uh, Sensei Chinen, he, he had, he had passed away, he has passed away at this point, but I spent a lot of time at his house working. Um, you know, I would go down on like, a Saturday. Like wax on, wax off. Yeah. And it, it you know, surprising. <laughs> That's where they got that. <laughs> yeah. I moved a pile of rocks from one side of his property and then 
came back the next week and moved them back to where I had moved them from. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, but you know, he, he just did stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, that's, that was probably not, and not a believer, but probably my role model mm-hmm. for masculinity growing up. So, so why do you guys think that the Andrew Tate's, the Joe Rogan's, um, Jordan Peterson's, mm-hmm. what, why are they so popular right now mm-hmm. among young men? What's going on culturally to explain that phenomenon? Because I think 15, 20 years ago, those guys would not have been popular. Right. But something's happened. They wouldn't have been popular because they wouldn't have been needed. Mm-hmm. I think like the, the, the push to feminize men and prolong adolescence in men uh, has been so pre- like prevalent and it is destroying our culture to where these guys who step up and are pushing for men to be men, you know, like just, you know, get out there, get the job, do what you got to do, hustle, you know, like take care of things. Um, it's sadly like countercultural, right? Now it's this, wow, these guys are brutes and, you know, they're promoting all this. Like, no, like this is just grassroots of you are a man and there are responsibilities mm-hmm. you have. And for many men, they've forsaken those responsibilities to play video games or do nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's, yeah, I think that push to just act like a man now is like, oh yeah, what a wild concept. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree with, I think there's a, a feminization of men that is, that starts all the way back into our, uh, even our educational system. So if you're a, um, you know, if you're a good student, in elementary school, you sit still, you're quiet. And not that those are necessarily feminine characteristics, but they're, you know, boys are active. They're moving, they're, they're building, they're creating. And, and I, and I think the popularity of like, especially Jordan Peterson is okay. No, there's, there's something that you're meant to do. That's bigger than, um, you know, staying in your parents' house and playing video games. That's a good, good example where, you know, men, men take territory. And I think that resonates with a a lot of guys who want more from their lives than, um, just to be apathetic and, and, and not lead. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a variety of, of complex cultural factors, Men are not valued these days. Men are despised. I mean, we, we hear all the time about toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing. Like, there are some men that are jerks. Mm-hmm. But, but really, um, I just read Nancy Piercy's book on this. It's called, um, what's the title? I think it has those words in it, right? Yeah. Toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't think of the title. Anyways, it's about that subject. And she makes the point that, yes, there... In fact, in, in her situation, her dad was a jerk growing up. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, sh- she sees in the Bible that, that there is tremendous value. There's a huge need for godly masculine men. But in our culture, anything masculine is now called toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so masculinity is really undervalued, underrated. So it's, it's not promoted or celebrated. So you have all these guys growing up in our culture and because of the way God has made men, they are starving for someone to tell them what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to 
Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate and, and Joe Rogan. And those guys are giving answers. Maybe not the best answers, yeah. but, but mm-hmm. they're, they're giving answers when no one else is. So that, I think that's why they're, they're so popular. Mm-hmm. So, so John, you, um, you have produced five <clears throat> male offspring. You're so masculine, you can only produce men. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right? I mean, there's so much testosterone in my you. Fault? Yeah. All you can do is produce med. Yeah. Right. Uh, so what, what, what is your perspective on, um, I, I guess the, the question is, what are, what are some of the negative stereotypes of masculinity? You're, you're an expert on masculinity. So what, what are some of the negative stereotypes, the misunderstandings of masculinity? Yeah, um, I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind would be, um, you know, that a man is stoic, like never, mm. never reveals weakness or doubt or cries or is emotionless. And I mean, I think about Jesus mm-hmm. and his, he weeped. He told his disciples, man, my soul is troubled even unto death. And so that, that, that's the first thing that comes yeah. to mind to me, that there's, there's just an, um, a willingness to feel and deal with my emotions, honestly. Yeah, that, that's so good, because I, I was thinking the opposite. And they're, they're, they're both true. They're both stereotypes. So I was thinking right away of of the guy who's just this jerk, this domineering jerk, who it's mm-hmm. my way or the highway. He doesn't serve. All he cares about is himself. He's got his man cave in the basement. And, yeah. But they're they're both distortions mm-hmm. of masculinity. You've got the quiet stoic guy mm-hmm. who's non-communicative, and then you have the the selfish jerk who who is the alpha male, my way or the highway. Yeah. Um he, he uses his strength to hurt people, yeah, not to right. protect people. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, yeah. so what are other stereotypes you guys can think of of, of bad stereotypes, uh, misconceptions of masculinity? What do you guys think? Like just the extremes of like, you know, what I've seen. You know, it's masculine. Like if you can drink the most, uh, smoke the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like who can do the most in the extreme who could run the fastest right. blah 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 yeah you know and just for a lot of you know growing up just kind of seeing this 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 lie of like well that's what makes you truly masculine mm. it's mm-hmm. just to be the best you know whatever that is and in the context of me growing up it was it was those kind of things you know and it was it's like but all those things, or a lot of these things are ruining your life. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know how that, how does that work? <laughs> you know. I remember watching an episode of Cheers. This dates me. This is back in like the early 90s. And, and there was a contest in the bar uh, to see who could grow the fastest beard. Mm. And the contest, <laughs> the contest was, after a week, whose beard could absorb the most beer on the counter of the bar. <laughs> and that guy was obviously the most masculine. Yeah. Because he, he, he grew the fastest beer that could absorb the most beer. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I, I think those are some of the stereotypes is, mm-hmm. right. you know, the, the thick beard, the guy who's got the big truck, mm-hmm. the guy who hunts and fishes, right. Right. fixes his own car. Yeah. And if that was the criteria, I would be a very feminine dude. Yeah, I, and I was going to say that, 
really the the picture of you know an outdoorsman. Yeah, and uh, to be a man, you you need to be out there. Um, you know, you need to be able to work on your cars. You need to build. Um, that that that's not necessarily a a negative thing, but if that's the criteria that you're using to judge whether a man is a good man or not is, um, is the wrong criteria. Yeah. And they're using those things actually to, to paint the picture of the lone wolf. I don't mm-hmm. need anyone. Right. I can right. fix my own car. I can do all these things. I don't need anyone. Yeah. And I think that's the big lie of great lie. One of the greater lies of Satan. Yeah. You know, and that whole, like for a long time, I'm a one man wolf back. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, you know, like, and that is a thing. Like, it's just, you're most masculine if you can just, you don't need anyone. You know, like, that's not. Yeah, we, I, I think to that point, that whole aversion to being weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, Vulnerable yeah, or, it seems yeah. like in the church, like, and not just in the church, but like as men, like, I just don't want to be seen as weak. Mm-hmm and needy Mm -hmm. and it seems like god is teaching us to be needy and we are weak i mean that we're creatures we're Mm -hmm. limited we're finite we're weak and we have things to offer Mm -hmm. like you say we need each other and we have things to offer but we we also have we're needy as well Yeah. yeah so that's a that's a good point we you know, I, I do think it's a good thing for men to be able to, to build, to yeah. fix, to, but not, uh, to, to answer what you were saying, Brian, not to, I can handle things on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody else, yeah. but it's to, I'm going to, I'm going to gain skills so that I can be a blessing yeah. to Amen. somebody else. So I can serve the body mm-hmm. instead of being, you know, I can handle things on my own. Yeah. What, what's tricky about all this <coughs> is that. Um, these are all stereotypes mm-hmm. and stereotypes are usually based on a little bit of truth mm-hmm. because the reality is, is that men and women are different yeah. and generally speaking, guys are stronger than mm-hmm. gals. Um, and the research I did, I did this last year, I read several books on this subject and the, the average male has something like 60% more upper body strength than the average female. So we're, we're different and we have different interests and at, at the same time, there are a variety of different ways for men to express masculinity. Now, not every dude has to fix his own car and go hunting and fishing. Um, but th- those are great activities for men to do is at the same time. So yeah. I, I, I don't, I want to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, not to swing. Not to yeah. swing because again, we're, men and women are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there, are, there are, generally speaking, the differences are pretty true across the board. There's always outliers to the differences. There are some women that are really strong, stronger than some men. But generally speaking, we're different. God has made us different. Um, And that's a good thing. And those differences usually usually don't always lead to different interests and hobbies for men Mm -hmm. and women. Yeah. Um, But I want to be careful because some of those interests and hobbies are not the essence of masculinity at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's great for guys to hunt and fix their cars. That's great. Yeah. But that's that's not what the Bible says is mm-hmm. masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so with all that said, um, those are the stereotypes. Those are the uh, you know the the negative ideas of masculinity. Positively, what does it mean to be masculine? What does it mean to be manly? 
And, and I, I read a book this last year called um, It's Good to Be a Man, which is a great title. And the, the whole point of the book was God has made us different. Mm-hmm. It, and um, being a man is a privilege and an honor. Being a woman is a privilege and an honor. Yeah. They're different. Mm-hmm. And men shouldn't be ashamed to be men. It's good to be a man, but what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be masculine? Mm-hmm. I, um, I am no expert on this topic, although I am a man, so maybe I should be. But I, I immediately think of, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband, and I think of Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it seems like that might be a good place to start that mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you said, we have differences and there's strengths that I have. And how am I, how am I using those, you know, first for my wife? Am I, am I dying to my own desires and preferences and attempting to serve her? Like, it seems like, it seems like that's what God is like. He Mm -hmm. dies to his own, Mm -hmm. you know, he dies to himself to serve, to love and serve others. And so it seems like um, that's, that's a pretty important paradigm for what it looks like to be a man. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. although my only slight pushback, I agree, is that all Christians are called to a lifestyle of service yeah. and sacrifice and cross-bearing. Yeah. So there's nothing uniquely masculine about serving others. Although you're right, Ephesians 5 says that husbands are called take up their crosses and love and serve their wives. So that's, that's part of the equation. But narrowing it even more, what, what, is, what has God called men to uniquely that he hasn't called women to? Because I, I agree, that's mm-hmm. definitely part of it, mm-hmm. is sacrificial leadership. So, so sorry, I'm, I'm thinking of wedding vows. Mm. Love, provide, protect. Yeah. Those would be three categories that yeah. I can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, this last year, again, I read, read a bunch of books on this, and, and several of the books use those categories. And I, I think that's a really helpful paradigm. And sacrificial service is definitely part of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if one, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but if one only emphasizes that, I'm going to serve my spouse, you should do that. But... Um, if you're not careful, then you're always doing what she wants to do and you're not leading. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Um, one, one author says it like this, uh, masculinity is the glad assumption of responsibility mm-hmm. to lead, provide, and protect. Yeah. And part of leading, part of providing and protecting is that sacrificial Ephesians five, taking up your cross and serving your spouse. But I I think those three things though, you see in Genesis chapter one and two, leadership, provision and protection. And you see that you see those in Ephesians five and, Mm. and, and, and uh, first Corinthians 10, I think first Peter three, one to seven, like all the marriage texts, Mm -hmm. I think seem to imply that. Um, and, and, and I like that, that language of it's the glad assumption of responsibility. Um, and the opposite of that is, is shirking responsibility yeah. and being mm-hmm. passive right? and not gladly stepping in and saying, no, like I, it's my privilege to lead the family, mm-hmm. provide for the family, protect the family. It's, it's my privilege to lead this business. It's my privilege to uh, provide for these people, to protect these people. 
not not I'm going to sit back passively, but I'm going to I'm going to assume this responsibility joyfully. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how that can go wrong in both directions. So mm-hmm. you can have guys like you said that are um, over controlling mm-hmm. and over right. like it's got to be my way because I'm leading. Right. Or it's this other swing like I'm afraid to take responsibility or, yeah. well, you know, whatever the case may be, yeah. it's just more comfortable not to. And so there's these twin, you know, we're all different. We're all tempted differently, yeah. but that, that's just fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. That's the challenge, isn't it? Is finding that tension because now I, I it's, it's rare that, that a guy is serving too much. That's, I mean, that's what we're called to as Christians. But again, if, if, if a guy is constantly saying to his, his wife, sure, sweetheart, no problem, sweetheart. Yeah, that's great, sweetheart. Yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. Again, that's great. But if that's all he's saying, then, he's, then who's leading who in this relationship? Yeah. Well, in but the, but at, the, let me finish that. At the same mm-hmm. time, like you're saying, John, if he's constantly saying, we're doing this, I don't care what you think, then that's, that's equally bad. Right. So there's this, this constant tension of leadership Yet listening, serving, listening some more, serving more, and always asking the question, what is best for the family? Not what is best for me, but what is best for my family? Yeah, that's what I was going to, it's that outward focus on God has given me a, a, a role of leadership in this family. And it's very simple to, or easy for men to, you know, just sit at the computer all day and let you know, Netflix or YouTube wash over them. Or just work too much. Or work too much or be out of the home yeah. uh, too much. Yeah. And there's a, um, there's a, yes, I'm going to take leadership, but I'm going to do so in really in the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit's strength to be able to serve my family as I ought to. And, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, men, we need our wives in order to, to serve. They're, they're a, um, I know for Stacy, she is critical and, and sort of acts as a bridge for me with the kids at times because she, she has the closer relationship with certain, uh, uh, certain of our kids. And so I rely on that in order to fulfill my role of taking leadership in, in the family. And, um, and so there's a, a relational connection there that actually, I think, elevates Stacy in, in terms of, you know, her caring for the family as well. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to this, Brian? Yeah, I think what, as men, I think the, the chief sin, right, that God opposes the most is pride. Mm. And I think, like, that is, that is the struggle that we are, the battle that we're in is is not these all the external things it's the pride that resides within us so it's pride that makes a man go yeah honey whatever you want honey yeah yeah do whatever you want whatever you want because he doesn't want to deal with any issues passivity i don't mm-hmm. want to deal with like yeah, yeah let's just do what you want because yeah. i'm i don't want to get in an argument or whatever yeah. weak and it's, pride yeah and then the pride on the other end of it mm-hmm. strong you're, pride yeah, yeah you're gonna do what i want yeah like, it's 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 crazy how pride leads to both passivity yeah yeah because that's all about me and that would that would inconvenience me right now yeah and i, and I don't want to be inconvenienced because that that would just be a tough you know a tough discussion to have mm-hmm. with you yeah and then pride also leads to that domineering toxic mm-hmm. masculinity yeah and and i think we're all guilty of 
both. I mean, mm-hmm. I just full disclosure a couple nights ago, um, it was it had been a long day, and I, I was on the couch uh, with my headphones on, listening to something, doing something on my computer, and and my boys came home from something, and they wanted to talk. They're talking to my wife, and I just kind of sat there with my headphones on and zoned oh. out. <laughs> Where's Dave? He's not here. I'm too engaged. <laughs> He's here physically. Yeah. So my wife said to me afterwards, um, Dave, I just, I just, <laughs> I want you to pray <laughs> and see if God brings any conviction to you sitting there on the couch and doing jack squat when your boys want to talk. I was like, okay, yeah. I don't really have to pray. I yeah. think I'm, yeah. I think I'm guilty. <laughs> we, we, we call that stealth mode. I think, yeah. at, I think uh, our house. I, I think I'm guilty. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the challenge. Is is there's the there's the passivity, mm-hmm. and there's the, the domineering side, and of course, Christ is the perfect example yeah. of 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 you know tough and tender, humble and meek, yet very strong at times. Yeah. Yep. Man, praise God for a savior. Yep. Yeah. In this particular area, especially, yeah. he's the perfect man. Perfect man. Yeah. So, um, and God is conforming us to yeah to that His image. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what types of things can we do as husbands and um, fathers, and we all have ch- uh, male children, mm-hmm. um, how, how can we instill in our boys uh, masculinity? Mm. What can we do to, to help them be masculine as they grow up in a very confused culture? That's something that I've been convicted about is uh, teaching my boys prayer and the importance of getting on your knees before God, submitting yourself to God, mm-hmm. um, because He is our King, and it's you're not you need Him, and you're not going to get through life without Him. And so I, I just I want to be a role model to them of masculinity begins on your knees mm-hmm. before Jesus, because if I'm not on my knees, I'm standing over everyone else trying to domineer and do what I want. But if I can submit myself to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, it's going to go a different way, you know, in the way that where I'm being conformed to the image of Christ instead of trying to conform everyone to my image or the image I think they should be so that it pleases me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I start treating my family like property instead of people. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well said. John, how about you? What do you... What have you done? You've got you've got five masculine boys. You did something right. Yeah, man. I I I don't know, guys. I you know, one of the things I, I just tend to see what I did wrong. Um, one of the things that we we tried to do right was to confess our sin when we mm. when we failed. And so I, I tried to always, you know, sinful anger has been a besetting sin. And so when I was angry with my boys sinfully, mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would give it a biblical category. I would confess it to them. I would ask their forgiveness and I would say, dad needs a savior just like you do. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's, that's one thing that, that we tried to do. Like that's, that's being a man is taking responsibility for yeah. yourself, what you've said, what you've done. 
and honestly confessing it and asking for forgiveness. So, mm. well said, Terry. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking through the the conversations with my boys over the last you know several months and and for for me it's um you know all my boys are in different places with Christian kind of building a practice Jesse's in Japan now and and Caleb is hoping to go to school um and it's it's a, a constant cling to Christ and trust him like wh- whatever it is you're you're moving into or you're trying to do are you are you are you doing it in his power are you doing it in you know in submission to him trusting him relying on him not being anxious building something that is not your kingdom um and uh but your your heart is really desires to build his kingdom to know Christ and so i think that's generally as i'm interacting with them and they're talking about you know whatever whatever it is they're doing you know trust trust the lord in the middle of it especially when there's challenges like rely on him he is you you can turn to him you can trust in him yeah i'm not sure i have i have a whole lot of additional advice here i'm kind of like you john i'm aware of all the things that i've Mm-hmm. done wrong but you know my my dad was a great role model for me growing up so I'm very thankful and ho- hopefully hopefully I'm a good role model for my boys as I as I interact with their mother and my wife um we 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 do talk about often what it means to be masculine mm-hmm. so I'm I'm constantly having that conversation with the boys it you know it means that you protect women and children and you show them respect and deference and you lead and you you hustle, you work hard, you mm-hmm. provide. Like we, 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 we use that language in our home. Um, but my boys are still young, so mm-hmm. the proof's in the pudding. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it looks in 20 years. But, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what we try to do is we try, I try to model it. We try to talk about it. Uh, and fortunately in this church, there are so many great examples of really masculine, godly men Yes, that I'm so thankful for mm-hmm. that my boys are looking to. And, so I'm, I think it, it takes a village, as Hillary Clinton said so, so profoundly right. all those years ago. It takes, <laughs> right. it, it takes a village. <laughs> it can still be true. Dave yeah, quotes Hillary true. Clinton. It, take, yeah. it takes a village to raise Speaking a masculine. masculinity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and although our culture is really confused about this subject, our, our, this church is not. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that my, my boys get to grow up here where they see lots of elders and deacons and business owners that are hustling, providing, protecting, leading their families. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. So thankful. I think, I think what you said, like, I love how you said that, you know, if we have a wife and we have children, like how we relate to our wife is going to be, I mean, our, our Huge. boys are yeah. going to see that. And so we can say a lot of things, Yeah, but like you say, how are we actually leading? protecting, providing, mm-hmm. loving our wives. That's going to speak volumes. And, yeah. um, but I love everything you said. You're still talking about those things as yeah. well. But um, yeah. One thing that really helps my wife is <laughs> she always tells me it really serves her when, when I'm the bad cop or I'm the disciplinarian. Yeah. Mm. 
And, and that's one way that I can provide leadership and provision and protection. I can protect Heidi from the boys and their disrespect and that, that whole process of discipline. So yeah. I, I think it's masculine when, I, when a husband can, can really take that away from the wife and mm-hmm. be the one that makes the boys do push-ups and wall sits and run to the mailbox and back in less than a minute and respect their mother and all those things. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to my boys <clears throat> and with disrespect yeah. and saying, that's my wife yeah. you're talking to. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's not okay. And then you elbow dropped them. And, and then I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically you speaking. You elbow dropped them. Yeah. That was uh, to wrap it, bring it around. So Joel Birdsoggle. Yeah. My favorite it story. Back to Joel. <laughs> it all comes back to Joel. <laughs> Joel Birdsoggle. My, my, my friend Nate, who is his son, he said this, one of the most impactful things Joel ever did is he was mouthing off to his mom. Nate was being very disrespectful. His mom is one of the sweetest people on earth too. And he didn't know his dad was home. And Joel B was known for the vice grip. He would grab you and just squeeze and he'd just get tired. And you're like, like Spock. And he just kind of, you know. And Joel comes out of nowhere. This again, this is back in the day. And he grabs Nate. He said, he grabbed onto me so hard. He said, I felt like my whole chest was caving in. <laughs> And he goes, that's my wife you're speaking to. And if I ever, if I ever hear you speak to her like that again, you're going to see Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and Nate goes, yep. yes, sir. And he goes, I, he goes, I love my dad for doing that to me because I realized yeah. right there I was wrong. I was wrong. And then, and Nate, and he's an awesome dude. He's an awesome dude. Thank, well, you, thank you, Joel B. Good story mm-hmm. to end on. Thanks for listening to Flock Talk, a ministry of GCF North. GCF North exists to glorify God through gospel-centered worship, discipleship, and evangelism. To learn more, go to our website, gcfnorthspokane.org.